Can I get a oh yeah? Welcome to Podcast My Brand, where we help you launch your branded podcast, get better at the craft of podcasting, grow your audience, and make cash from your show. I'm your host, Elsie, the mayor of Podcast Town. Let's get to it. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. All right, Colin. So first of all, thank you for taking some time out to talk with us about podcasting. If there's one thing I can do, Colin, in, in this world is talk and talk about <laughs> podcasting. So thank you so much for taking the time out. Yeah. I mean, that's something that uh, you and I both have in common. I think we were having way too much fun before we hit that record button and we're like, man, we got to do this or we're going to run out of time and it's not even going to happen. Exactly. So one of the things that I also have to do every single episode is ask you, can I get a, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. So off the bat, tell me about your journey into podcasting. Now I understand you have a podcast company and all that stuff, but that didn't just happen, right? There has to be some method to the madness and how, how we got here. Yeah, I definitely didn't start the podcast company and then start a podcast. But what happened was, and I'll, I'll just give you the short version of the story, is I went on a podcast for the first time ever in studio when people were still doing that. A lot of stuff is virtual now, but like in studio, I, I love in studio recordings because it's just a lot of podcasts are never even done in studio. And it's definitely a different experience. I know you do a lot of in studio and your clients and stuff like that. And, and it really is nice. And so I went in studio and had a great time. And, you know, at the end, I was like, man, I, I think I want to start a podcast. And uh, my co-founder of SalesCast, Christopher Decker, he's like, yeah, I can help you with that. And uh, that was when I was running a, a tech company. And uh, we, we had some different goals with how we were going to use the podcast, power growth for the business. And those things didn't really work out too well. But what kept happening is these awesome relationships that I was building through having people on the podcast kept asking me the same question. How do I start a podcast? And uh, after sending you know, Chris a, a few referrals, I was like, I think we, we were onto something here. And eventually, we started SalesCast. And now we produce about 85 shows. And um, you know, I, that first show that I started... You know, I ended up closing that show down and, and stopped it when I sold the, the UCAS business. But now I have a sales show that we've been doing for a little over two and a half years and has been a ton of fun to change names once and uh, has been uh, it, uh, its own business unit for the business as well. There's a lot to unpack there, but I'm always curious. You can't be a real podcaster unless you've changed directions at least one time. So talk a little bit about that. Why would you uh, change direction with that podcast? Yeah, I, I love that question so much because I think that a lot of podcasters tend to get stuck on like, man, I got to pick the perfect name. It's just like when an entrepreneur you know, is launching their business and they're thinking about the name and the logo and all these things. And there's just a lot of thought that goes into the name of the show. And, and I'm not saying that the name of your show is not important because it is, but like you're not totally married to the name. You can change it. You can you know, launch a new season. You know, I always say, if you're going to launch a new season, have a good reason, right? <laughs> but I mean, if you're not feeling passionate about the direction of the show anymore, and, and I'll give you like a real example, my show was called Sales Hustle. And the interesting thing is, is like we had this process that we followed for clients, 
but we didn't do it for me. We're just like, yeah, that's a cool name. Let's start recording and like pumping out content and let's go. Right. And, uh, and then eventually it was just, it didn't feel totally aligned. And I was telling Chris, I'm like, I'm not feeling that inspired about this show anymore. And he's like, well, you know, we've actually never taken you through the same process, sort of our branding process that we go through. And at the end of that, you know, I had no idea what was going to happen, but we ended up changing the name of the show to sales transformation, which was more, you know, more aligned with my own personal experience in sales my own personal story and even part of the mission that we were you know trying to do there at Salescast and since then the show has really taken off since changing that name because having good alignment with you know the reason for the show and the name of the show and all those things are really important to keep you going because it's so easy for podcasters to give up yeah absolutely i always tell people can i get this question every time i guest on the on the show is what would you say to somebody who wants to start a podcast? And I always, every single time say, really understand your why. Because if you yeah. don't understand your why, then when you get to about episode 10, when it feels like, starts to feel like work, you'll quit because you don't know why you're doing it. So it's, it's really refreshing to hear you say similar uh, sentiments there. Now, what's one thing that's happened to you because of your show that you were not expecting? I call it podcast rain. Mm, podcast, right? I mean, you know, when I started the show, it was really more about building relationships and opening doors. And a lot of that was tied to the work that we were doing for Salescast, you know, but I didn't expect it to impact as many people as it has and get as much positive feedback. And like people, you know, have reached out and it's something I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like it's, it's kind of weird to have like, fans, <laughs> you know, like it, it doesn't, you don't feel like worthy of a fan, you know, a, as a podcaster for whatever reason, but like, look, you're putting out content and you're helping people with building community and really affecting people in a positive way. It creates, you know, fans and it, and it does feel a little weird. That's one thing. Um, but also the intention wasn't to, to get sponsors. Like that was not part of the plan when we started the show, but from the time of changing it from sales hustle to sales transformation and changing the format and the strategy and the frequency, we do seven days a week. The show really blew up, you know, and is like a top 1% show in its category. And then we started to get some attention and, and have had products that I've used, you know, throughout my sales career that I'm super passionate about pay us money to, to run, you know, sponsorship, um, ads on the show. And that was not part of the plan, but it did end up that way. Why seven days a week? If you want to win in podcasting, like high frequency, short content is really what works right now. People's attention spans are shorter. Not everybody is going to you know, give you three hours of their time, like a, like a Joe Rogan episode. Like that's just not a, uh, that's not a, that's an anomaly. That's not the normal, right? And so high frequency, short content is really what we've seen working extremely well. Podcast platforms love it, but it really boils down to this one thing, which is, you know, something that's heavily weighted uh, in, you know, being discovered on the podcast platforms is the completion of the percentage of episodes. And what we started to see, you know, I think we were at, I don't remember how many shows we had, but collectively our shows were doing about a million downloads a month. And we started to look at, you know, beyond the host data, we started to look at the Apple data and really see what was going on. And the shows that we had doing like two a week where they were maybe doing an interview and releasing that 
but they were also doing like a shorter solo episode once a week. And those shows were outperforming shows that were maybe doing more interviews, but longer episode lengths. And it came down because it was the the percentage of completion of the episodes were higher. So those short episodes would get a 90 plus percent completion or more. And in some cases, people would even listen to those episodes twice. So we'd see like 130%. What does that mean? Well, they listen to it and then they listen to it again for another 30%, right? And that's telling the podcast platforms like, hey, this content's really good. And so we started to, you know, sort of test. A lot of times we've used my show as kind of the testing ground, like, hey, let's test some things out, see if it works. And if it does, then we can, you know, start to implement some of these things for clients. And so that was the reason to go seven days a week is to get that high percentage of completion, which really accelerates growth for a show. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, given that ourselves included, we're in a we're in the B2B space. And so uh, a lot of times people want to know, okay. What's my ROI? What are the metrics? How do I know that this thing is working? Uh, so it's great to hear you say that. So how do you manage the inevitable objection of, all right, Colin, I'm already struggling to get content out. What do you mean you want more content from me? What, what do you say to, to clients when you, when you pr- present the, the data to them and saying, Hey, this, we know that this works. We've tested it. And, and I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't know that you've gotten this, but have you gotten clients to say, well, wait a minute, Colin, that, that's a lot of content. Yeah. So typically the biggest concern there is like, I was barely ready to commit to once a week. You want me to do seven days a week? <laughs> yes. Like what is wrong with you? Right. Well, the thing is, is B2B buyers are typically going to consume on average 13 pieces of content during their decision process of making a purchase. And if you are, you know, against say two to three other competitors, who do you want in the conversation? You know, you want to be the person there once a week, maybe, and sometimes you miss a week, or you want to be the person that's there every single day, educating your market. I mean, to win in B2B today, you've got to be a media company that serves the people that you solve problems for. And it starts with the top, right? The people at the top really need to be those chief creator officers that are creating content. Yes, I get it. You're busy. We all are. But it has to be a priority because people want to follow people today. They don't want to follow brands. And so there's got to be people at the executive level that are creating content at a high frequency. Now, I didn't really answer your question yet because I went on a bit of a a, a rant there. But to answer the question is like, we're not saying you got to record it. Right. There's ways to be efficient with your time. And sometimes it might be just, just a little bit more than if you were doing a weekly show from effort wise, from, you know, the host of the show or the executive or the founder. And it's just finding those best moments that are going to hit, you know, those marketable moments that are going to hit with your ideal customer profile and packaging them up into daily content. Right. And sometimes companies are already doing other things that we can pull from. They might be doing, you know, regular live shows once, twice a month or weekly. They might be doing webinars and events. They might be speaking on other podcasts. They might, we need to, you know, look, you know, kind of whole picture like what are all the things that are happening currently that are being created that are assets that probably aren't being leveraged that we could use to put that into part of the daily content plan. That may not, you know, that isn't going to require us for, to ask for more of their time. I have about seven other additional questions, but before we get into those, you want to play a little bit of, of trivia? Sure. 
runs podcast town. All right, Colin, I am going to give you six categories. Arts, science, entertainment, history, general, or geography. Which one would you like? Let's just go general. That seems like the safest bet. Uh, Okay. What stickers were spoofs of the Cabbage Patch Kids? What stickers were spoofs of the Cabbage Patch Kids? Were those Grateful Dead stickers? Is that your answer? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't even know the original Cabbage Patch bumper stickers. It is Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> yes. All right, let's oh, do man. a couple more. Um, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't sign up for more than one of these. <laughs> <laughs> History, geography, entertainment, or science? Entertainment. This time I'm going to mute my mic and get my Google okay, search I think, ready. I think you're going to get this one. Okay, okay. Um... And I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize to him. Uh, What was Leonard Nimoy's character's name in Star Trek? What was Leonard Nimoy's character's name in Star Trek? No idea. Never watched a Star Trek episode in my life. Not even one? (laughs) Not even one. I'm not a sci-fi dude. All right. You got to give me a guess. Bob Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. Are you a sports guy? I should have known that one. No, I'm not. We can do a sports one. Okay, I'll I'll give you this. I think you'll get it. I want to get you a positive buzzer here. Okay. Where is the Basketball Hall of Fame located? Where is... The Basketball Hall of Fame located. Man, that's one of those ones that it's like, you know, you should know, but you're embarrassed that you don't. Atlanta. Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, man. All right. I survived the trivia session. You did. Sort of. Barely. I mean, I didn't say it went well. I said I survived. It's true, like I got, true. you know, it's like after you went on the roller coaster ride and like screamed your head off like a little teenage girl, but then you got the t-shirt mm-hmm. and you didn't throw up. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay. So when you were walking through some of your uh, methodology thought process uh, before we hit, went through the trivia journey, um, one of the questions that came up was in the B2B world, we're not dealing with normal creators. So how do you help your clients get better at the craft of podcasting? Um, because naturally there's, there's a little more to it than just getting on the microphone and talking. Yeah. I mean, coaching helps, coaching helps, but sometimes I'm just going to say it. You got to be honest. There's people that you know are just not built for podcasting. Like, let's keep it real for a second. You know, there's sometimes where, hey, we get on a sales call and it's like, no matter how well this goes, I just know you're not built for this. You know, like 
you got to be it's one thing <clears throat> when you can have a client that is a decent host like you can you know they got to have some confidence and comfortability level you know with creating content and in interviewing and and a lot of times in in B2B you know founders you know sales executives you know they're used to asking questions and they're naturally curious people i can work we can you can work with that you can work with that right so some coaching helps but there's some people that you know just really aren't cut out for it and and that's okay and sometimes you know we've got into engagements where like we've kind of gone down the path and we're like hey you really need somebody else on your team to be the host and uh you know and and it's be- you, you know you got to how build that trust and rapport with your clients, you know, to be able to give them some honest feedback like that, that they're going to say, you know what, you're right. And, uh, and not say like, Hey, F you, I want a refund. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes an effective show? What what's the, at the end of the day, what is the, the top two metrics that you say, okay, this show is effective and it is achieving the goal. Yeah. It, it really depends on the goal of the client, right? Like, you know, this, I mean, some people don't care about downloads. They're just like, Hey, I just, I need to create content and I'm struggling to create content. And this solves that for me. And that's good enough. Right. Other people are like, Hey, we want to use this for more top of funnel. We want to invite people on that we're trying to knock on their door and we want to develop relationships through, you know, with them through collaborating and creating content and lifting them up. And that's great. You know, we can achieve that. And it literally doesn't even matter how many people ever listen to that show. Other people are like, hey, we need to build an audience. You know, we've got a lot to say. We were doing something disruptive in this space. And we want to build an audience of these people. You know, Drift is a great example. I don't know if you've ever read the book Founders Brand. They started their podcast and they have thousands of people ready to buy Drift before the product was even built. So it really depends on the goal, right? Like, are we really trying to build an audience? Are we trying to solve an overall content problem? Are we trying to use this as more of a top of funnel vehicle to open doors and build relationships? You know, that's different for everybody. So identifying what that is, and it can change. That's totally fine. We've had clients where it's like, hey, we want to use this as top of funnel. And then, hey, the show kind of takes off. And it's like, we want the show to actually be a separate business unit and be a revenue stream for us. And, and that can happen too. So knowing what the goal is, checking in with that goal, and you know, if the goal changes, then readjusting the strategy. Yeah, I can definitely identify with that. Uh, with with my one of my shows, it's gone back and forth. <laughs> it started out as literally, I did not care who, who listened. I just wanted to get in front of business people and learn from them. Uh, to being top of funnel, to being middle of funnel and back of funnel, all the, all the above. Um, so if people are listening to this, they're uh, a brand, they're a business. Why content? Why is that important in the first place? Content's a way to allow the people in your marketplace to connect with you. I mean, people buy from people that they know and that they like and that they trust. And there's people who have different opinions about that, but I firmly believe that. The people that don't believe that don't really have a great argument against it. Not sure where you stand on that, but content allows for them to know you, right? Because they're hearing from you across those channels. And the reason I love podcasting so much is because the podcast is just one distribution channel, but that activity can be repurposed wherever your potential clients are hanging out. 
whether that's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you know, LinkedIn, wherever it is, you can take what you're doing for the podcast and repurpose it everywhere. And so that's the important thing is creating content allows people to know you, to like you and trust you, and, and they can connect with you through the content so that one, it can help build pipeline and drive growth. Two, it can help build some rapport and trust before you ever even have that first call. I think I said earlier on, like if you're a media company, you know, serving your market, you're the one that's educating them on things and providing them a tremendous amount of value. So it can shorten sales cycles significantly. And people get caught up in like, well, the content's not getting a bunch of comments or engagement, or we didn't go viral. And it's like, man, going viral. If you ask anybody who's ever gone viral, they usually didn't plan on going viral. <laughs> like it just happened, you know? And so a lot of times the leads and, the, and, and people that are reaching out, you know, either are in the DMs, never engage with, with a post ever, you know, maybe they've been listening to the podcast for months, but you never heard from them. They never reached out. It works in the top of funnel, mid funnel, right? It can help accelerate deals. There's just so many benefits I could talk all day and then you'd have to tell me to shut up. <laughs> Well, I would never do that, Colin. But one of the of the things that you mentioned uh, in your answer was building trust and uh, the no like trust factor. And you know, I, I know you we're we're connected on on social media, so I feel like I, I know you somewhat. And I like you. You seem like a pretty pretty genuine, authentic dude. But this next portion of our program, why don't you tell me three things about yourself? Two are going to be true. And one of them is going to be a lie. My job is to figure out which one of those things is the lie. Mm. All right. So this is my opportunity now to try to get back at you and stump you. Exactly. Since you put me through that torture <laughs> of the trivia session. Man, I'm going to enjoy this too much. All right. So two things that are true and one thing that's a lie. Yes. All right. So first thing is. I'm a vegan. Okay. Second thing is I have four kids. Okay. And the third thing is I wake up at 4.30 a.m. All right. Let me see. Let me see how my listening skills are here. I think you have four kids. I think that is true. I'm going to write a T down on my note here. I believe that you get up at 430 because I only have two kids and I know how much work they can be in dropping them off and waking them up for school. So waking up at 430 might be studious because it'll give you a couple of hours to get some things done before the kids wake up. I would say you are not a vegan. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Colin. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm so upset that you got that right. <laughs> I could see it in your face. You were, you were, yeah, you were. I would have felt so much better about totally getting stumped on three trivia questions <laughs> if you would have missed on that one. But yeah, hey. maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colin. So. Thanks again for spending some time with us. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you, learn more about your, your business, your podcast, or to say hi, how can they do that? Yeah. So real simple. Um, they can go to colinmitchell.page. That's got all the links. You know, if they want to find out about SalesCast, they want to check out Sales Transformation. 
Colin Mitchell with two L's, C-O-L-L-I-N-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L dot page. And that'll get you anything that you feel is important to maybe come into my world. Got it. Any parting words for our listener? Yeah. I mean, anybody who's listening that's kind of like thinking about starting a podcast, you know, just, just do it. Whether you work with somebody, do it yourself, whatever the case is, stop overthinking it and just do it. You don't have to figure out everything. Like, I know we talked a lot about podcasting today. Maybe we felt made it sound a little bit overwhelming and scary, but you just got to get started and you will figure it out. But if you just think about the one thing that, you know, we talked about, which is important, have a good reason why, even if it's not the perfect name, maybe you don't have the perfect artwork. Maybe you don't know if you're going to do solos daily, weekly, whatever the case is, like just get started with a good reason and you'll be fine. Well, that is a wrap. Thank you so much again, Colin. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Podcast My Brand. If you got value from the show, join our email list for show updates and exclusive tips on building trust, growing influence, and increasing authority with your podcast brand. Thanks again, and we'll talk with you next time.